0: Sarah! Olivia! Hi! I like your um, your rainbow tie-dye llama in the background.
1: Thank you. Oh, thank you. I think Claudio got this for me at Dave & Buster's. That's so cute. What's
0: Claudio doing right now?
1: Claudio's on a phone call right now, so I just had to run and tell him to be quiet because he's Italian, and he's… It, it, they, Italians don't have indoor voices. They only have outdoor They're
0: voice. just like, Ciao! Riccattoni! <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, bro. That's all they do. Yeah. Oh gosh, look at that chair, bun. Um, yeah. Thanks for doing this with me. Like, I don't think we've had.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. I don't think we've had like a one-on-one conversation like this in a long time because I feel like you and I would always get really deep in conversations. Yeah. We're in the office, but this is. It's 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 nice to do this again with you.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I I think it's funny because you and me like. We talk a lot on social media. It always feels like we're talking like multiple times a week. I (laughs) know. It feels very familiar because we we do talk so much online.
0: I immediately connected with you when you started working at Smosh. Um, you were just like, maybe we just bonded over Korean food.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You look a lot like my mom. My mom, right? And so like sometimes I would just watch you like. I mean, obviously, I'm watching you when we're shooting videos, but I just watch you and I'm like, that is my mom. She looks exactly like my mom.
0: I remember you told me that and I'd be be like, oh, and then you showed me a photo. I'm like, wow, she's beautiful. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) And then I met her
0: in real life and I was so excited. Like, we're twins.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My mom thinks it's like so funny. I'm like, mom, dude, Olivia. look. And then when you did the, um, when you guys did that fake porn shoot for the, um, the Smosh movie or whatever for Ghostmates, and, like, you were in 80s outfits, I was like, Olivia, that's, like, full-on my mom.
0: (laughs) That's so funny, because I'm not your mom, and I'm (laughs) probably, but then to you, I guess I'm your mother. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's just nice, because, like, my mom, you know, doesn't live in LA, so I'm like, oh, mom. I'm 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 your, I'm your pseudo mom. Yeah, exactly, and I went to your house for Thanksgiving a couple years. Yeah. Uh, that's why
0: that's why i feel like we've had this like special bond i don't know why like yeah me too i feel the same way we have great conversation and i look like your mom and you come over
1: yeah and we love
0: food (laughs) and and
1: both of our like significant others are sweethearts
0: our sweet sweethearts well your man can cook yes my man can only make one dish and that's a baked salmon
1: he made that. He made that. Um, he made my favorite dish the other day. The uh, amatriciana.
0: Oh my God! Yes, and actually, looked, that was so good. good.
1: It looks so. Claudio make that for
0: you all the time.
1: Claudio's never made that actually for me, but that's whenever I go to Italy. That's like my favorite dish. I guess. It's
0: so so good. Also, speaking of Italy, how's Claudio's family doing?
1: They're doing good. They're they're you know Italy's been on lockdown for a while now, so and they've. Italy as a whole has taken it a lot more seriously than the U.S. because they are seeing like pretty, you know, devastating numbers. So luckily his family is safe and good right now. Um, We literally take it day by day.
0: But they live in Naples,
1: right? Yeah, they live in Naples.
0: Is that really affected?
1: Yeah, I mean, all all of Italy is really affected and Northern Italy a little more. But I think the you know, this is just me guessing and me assuming, but, like, Italians are a tight-knit communi- community. They're very, like, you know, concentrating on family and friends and community, and they, like, you know, do the double kiss on yeah. the cheek and stuff, and it's, like, it's very sweet, and, and the whole country is very loving and full of art and family and community, but in times like this, it's, like, it, it when you're that close together, it's it's easier to spread, you know, so... Um, so, does Claudio's family still do the double cheek kisses? I mean, I don't think so, I think, because everyone's pretty much in their house all the time. If they're out in the streets, the police actually, like, yell at them. So, uh, yeah, it's, so, they've only been, like, his mom and dad are quarantined together, and then his brother and wife and kid are quarantined together. Like, they're not even visiting their other family members. That's how serious it is over there.
0: I- miss Italy so much. I love Italy. Italy is a beautiful country. Were you guys planning to go to Italy this summer?
1: Well, we have a couple weddings in Italy this fall to go to. So it's, it's, it's intense. Like a lot of people's plans are, are having to change. And because of the quarantine, like I, Claudio has a friend that was supposed to get married like three weeks ago, and he couldn't even see his wife because they live in separate apartments. And like, you can't they, even
0: see? You can't even go to the other person's you can't apartment? Visit.
1: You can't visit people. You can't be in the street for no reason. Like, they're really on lockdown there.
0: Wow. That's yeah. really intense. Yeah. How did you meet Claudio? I mean, I know how you met him, but I don't know if everyone knows how you guys met.
1: Yeah, uh, we were at a mutual friend's birthday party in Santa Monica at a bar. I didn't know him. He was just cute and then I had a lot of wine, and I just went up to him, started talking to him, and immediately started kissing him on the mouth. What? Yeah.
0: (laughs) You're like, oh, mm, 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 mm." yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. But to him,
0: oh, she must be Italian.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, double kiss cheek on the cheeks, but on the mouth. Yeah, so that's pretty much how our story started.
0: (laughs) And And then he was just like, okay,
1: Um, I kind of thirst trapped him because he was he was not being very receptive that night I was like take down my number because I was like sick of of you know always making the first move because that's usually what I did and I was like take down my number and he's like my phone is broken in that voice and he showed me his phone was shattered and I was like take down my number assuming that he would go to ask for like a pen and paper but he never did and so i was like whatever so he left and then the next day i kind of like thirst trapped him on facebook through his friend who it was his birthday and then we became facebook friends and then
0: yeah what is thirst trap someone like how does that work i thought that's like uh, just taking cute photos
1: yeah it's like i i um i trapped him with how thirsty he was no uh <laughs> he, his friend had posted like hey everyone thanks so much for coming out to my birthday last night and like tagged everyone that went to the party and so I had taken a cute picture with the birthday boy and so I put the photo in the comments was like thank you so much for the invite or whatever had a great time and then bring! I had a Facebook friend request from McClaudio. oh my god
0: <laughs> and then that's how it started
1: that's how it started yeah
0: what was your first date like
1: Well, we didn't go on, like, a first date for a while, and that was, like, kind of, like, that's the difference between dating an Italian and dating, like, an American boy. Because in Italy, like, they don't really date. They don't, like, go, like, hello, I'm going to ask you out on a date. What? It's it's usually, like, friend groups or, like, a friend of a friend, and they're all hanging and hanging out mingling. He's, like, smiling. Wait,
0: Claudio, come say hi if you
1: like. (laughs) But I was explaining to her the difference between Italian dating and American dating. Ciao, Rigatoni! Hi Rigatoni! <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you
0: didn't you did officially ask her out on a date? Nope. So, a you
1: for a little bit, <laughs> I know, for a
0: little bit I didn't. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, so he, cause Italians, they more like hang out as a group friend group like boys and girls hang out and then eventually you guys become boyfriend girlfriend right? yeah it was just very new to me yeah
0: and, it always it, becomes more organically yeah, yeah it's more organically i guess in, in italy I don't
1: know. yeah i would yeah. be like does he even like me that's what it was i know it was you're months right. of that it was months of you're that you're right you're right it was months of that and he's a he's like we have our own podcast that we're doing while we're in quarantine Um, just like we try to do it every other day where we just update each other just to have a project together. Uh And he apologized to me about the beginning of us dating because I didn't know if he liked me or not. And if I was going to get a text back or if I was going to go on a date because their dating styles are so different.
0: So everything is just blurry. Like I would be like having a personal meltdown inside all the time.
1: For me, I was, like, he – I was, like, I already gave up on the idea of having a boyfriend in L.A. Because, you know, dating in L.A., like, sucks. Yeah. Because, like, you don't know what people's motivations are. So, I was just, like, he's cute. I keep hanging out with him. He has a cute accent. And then – we just got more and more serious as time went, and, he, and then he made it more obvious that he likes me.
0: <laughs> He's like he, after months, he was like, "Well, let's go to dinner."
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, "I'll take you out to dinner," and I was like, w- wh- "What? We're gonna go out to dinner on a date?" So that's so cute. And
0: yeah. then you guys like fell madly in love.
1: Yeah, then then fell then madly, madly in love, and then uh, moved pretty- to
0: Italy. I mean, no, had a uh, a wedding in Italy.
1: Yes, we had an uh, an Italian wedding, like, y- years after us dating, um, in a castle on the Amalfi coast, and it was the best wedding ever.
0: What a dream. How was it like meeting his family? It for was th- a dream. How was it like meeting his family for the first time?
1: Um, It was fun. His family is, like, you know how sweet Claudio is, so his family is, like, exactly like that. So... They were of course incredibly welcoming and kind and you know I don't speak much Italian and I'm still not getting better which (laughs) is something that I I don't like myself over but they're always so sweet and supportive and it's funny because they don't really understand what I do for they're like it's so weird to them what you and I do for a living that when I have to explain it to them they're like we don't No, but they still watch our videos. Really? That's (laughs) so cute. Even if they don't understand it, it's very sweet.
0: Do you feel like there's, like, a, a cultural barrier sometimes?
1: Yeah, and I think it's, like, I guess I'm not, I guess I'm used to it almost, like, because my mom's full Korean, and my grandmother, she basically, my mom's mom raised me since I was, like, four, and she based, I lived with her and my parents and my brother my entire life basically until i moved out to go to college so for me it's like normal to have like a (laughs) bilingual house where not everyone understands each other so it kind of feels like natural in a way but i do want to be better at italian that eventually i can speak better italian
0: I, i i just realized something that yeah because your mom was full korean and your dad is fully White,
1: white, yeah,
0: was communicating like hard for them because my parents, when they fought, they just fought in Mandarin. So I always oh, like, hilarious. Did did like? Does your mom like argue with your dad in Korean or in English? Yeah, like
1: my dad. They've been married for like many decades now, so that my dad has picked up some Korean. Um, but yeah, it's like it's always a mix. My mom speaks in Korean English. I say so, <laughs> it's like a mixture of Korean and English and. For me, Korean was actually my first language. So when my mom speaks to me in Korean English, I it doesn't register in my brain as like this is two languages mashed together. It's it's how we communicate. So and then I always answer in English because my Korean's not as good. But
0: <laughs> that's like Chinglish for many Chinese Americans exactly, too. Exactly. Yeah, like
1: Banglish too for Spanish speakers. Yeah.
0: So do you yeah. identify culturally more like um, Korean or?
1: I feel like I do, because, like, for me, I grew up Korean-American, like, and I didn't know a lot of other Korean kids. There weren't a lot of other Korean kids. And, and, and Wyoming, no. In it's, Wyoming. And yeah. Wyoming. And I was also a military kid, so I moved every, you know, I moved, like, 10 times growing up or something like that, so I didn't have a lot of friends, let alone friends that had the same culture as me, so my normal is just, like you know, living in an, an Asian American household, sometimes in Germany, sometimes in Wyoming, like I moved around a lot. So for me, it's like, I, I, I do identify with like a Korean American thing because I, my grandma was with me all the time. She was home all the time and we were speaking Korean all the time and eating Korean food, the best Korean food in the world uh, all the time. So I do identify as, like, really an Asian American, and it sucks when, you know, I've heard, I, this is the first time I heard it this year, but, like, white passing, a lot of people, yeah, it get yeah, fine, get passing, and I understand that, but it's also, like, growing up as a mixed race kid, it's, like, hard to find your place, because you never feel like you're Asian enough, and you never feel like you're white enough, because I was, like, the white looking kid bringing weird Asian food to, to school. Yeah. And being made fun of or hearing comments or your food stinks and all this stuff. And it's like, I had a very good childhood, but like that has always been a struggle, even the older I get and people questioning if my mom was really my mom. (laughs) And like, if she, they'd be like, that's your stepmom. Like you're not Asian, like all this stuff. And it's like, to to who do I need to prove that? Yeah. Asian enough, like, it, it, I don't have a control on how I look, I always wanted to look more like my mom, but I, really, yeah, I always wanted to look more like her, because I, I'm gonna cry, but (laughs) I love her so much, and I, like, look up to her so much, and it, it hurts when, like, people say that you don't look enough Asian, and that's the only merit that I have, you know, so, I did struggle with that growing up, that I always wanted to look more like my mom because I loved her so much and I, I, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm Korean too and, you know, I've, she struggled with a lot of racism and I struggled with a lot of racism and I saw all the struggles my mom went through. so it's just tough when, you know, that's why I'm like a big believer in like, don't judge other people and don't judge their, their struggles. Like it's not a contest. Everyone has their own struggles that they're going through and their own identity that they're trying to find every minute of every day. So it, it, I feel very grateful to live in a mixed household, but it, it does come with its struggles when you're like, Hapa. (laughs) Yeah. And you have a lot of HAPA friends, too, and I'm I sure do. they feel I do. the same way.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, it's now that they're coming to terms with and processing all of the struggles that they went through because they don't necessarily always look very Asian, and Asian um, communities also kind of overlook them in a way and say, oh, well, you're white, even though, no, they're culturally raised Asian, you know, they're just white passing. And it's, it's, I think now my friends who are HAPA, they're just like slowly realizing, like trying to find their, their community and their group and feel Mm -hmm. included because they feel ostracized in
1: both groups, which. Exactly. Like I always made the joke that people would say, uh, the Koreans would say I look like my dad, and then the white people would say I look like my mom. And I'm like, does no one want me to be a part of their, their heritage or whatever? But yeah. it's like, it is tough for like, you know, ha- half anything kids, or mixed kids in general, because we never feel accepted by anyone. And it's like, I mean, that shouldn't be important, you should be who you are, but... I mean, I wrote, in in college, I used to do competitive, like, speech writing, and I wrote a speech about racism, and before I had written in a bit, I didn't, initially, I hadn't written anything about me being mixed race, and I kept getting feedback, you can't speak about this, you don't know, like, you can't do this, like, from judges, and then as soon as I had written in that my mother was half Asian, all of a sudden, that point, I never got that point and I actually won a ton of awards. What? And it's like it's like it's because of the way I look, I'm not allowed to speak about these things. It it just is it just feels unfair sometimes. And it's
0: interesting because um you grew up in a family with both sides. So you you saw racism towards your mom because she was full Korean, you witnessed that and then you saw, you know, your dad who is Caucasian and it's just I, I would have Struggled so hard with that because even, you know, growing up with two full Chinese parents, there was a lot of racism towards, you know, towards them. And I remember um, vividly we were at a supermarket and this elderly Caucasian woman told me and my mom to go back to our country. And I was in middle school or high school and I just felt like this, a wave of just heat, like Mm -hmm. overpowering my body because you know i don't understand i i consider myself an american but then i remember we were shopping at like pavilions a you know an american grocery store and then i remember i'm like that's why a lot of asian families they don't shop in these american grocery stores because i remember i was like i never want to come back here again mm-hmm. so then we would go to our asian markets because you know yeah. that's a safe place. No one's yeah. going to tell you to go back to your country. But I remember that feeling so vividly. And it just like, I felt hurt and angry and almost ashamed of mm-hmm. how I looked, you know? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't, uh, like a, a 12-year-old kid should not feel that way and their mom should never be put into that situation. So, but, y- but you also grew up in Wyoming where I feel like maybe you guys were just, you know, like the only family that (laughs) must you guys must have taken it harder
1: yeah there there wasn't a there isn't a lot of diversity in in Wyoming and it's weird because I grew up mostly in the military system so it's funny because for me and this sounds like super cliche and like weird as hell but it's like when I grew up in Germany I was there for like five or six years um in elementary school and middle school and we were all military kids, we were in Germany, and we were on this Air Force base, and so we all were kind of military kids going through the struggle, because a lot of people don't understand, like, when someone joins the military, like, their whole family's in the military, we, you know, the families are going across the world, stationed at different places, kids are moving schools every three, four years, like, I never really had, I don't have any friends I've known since elementary school, I don't have any friends that I've known for decades like because we moved so often and so in military schools you have a very diverse group of kids because they're all military kids and we all are friends with each other because we don't know when we're gonna move and you have to like make friends really quick and and you know at least we have each other and in those schools I never saw race like I just saw like they had different food and we would go over to each other's uh houses and eat all the different mm-hmm. food and, or they had different hair or you know what i mean like they, my grandma's making kimchi and we'd have like multicultural days where we all bring up hot luck type of thing and so for me when i moved to the u.s that was when like race was more pointed out as like a negative difference rather than embraced mm. which i had experienced growing up in a military school like it wasn't like in, in, in elementary school, it wasn't like you and I are different. It was just like, whoa, you're different. Like, what, what are you eating? <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you moved to Wyoming and everyone was just like, hmm, who are you?
1: Yeah. Everyone's clicky and, and it's a little more like obvious and stuff like that. So it, 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 it it's a weird shift. When did you move out of Wyoming? Um, I left after two years of college, so I I always knew I wanted to do something in media and like producing and writing or whatever, so I went to school out in New York. Where? Uh, I went to Hofstra University. It's on Long Island, New York, and you know the guy that goes, uh, the rent is too damn high. That was the school that, that (laughs) happened at my school.
0: (laughs) That that famous incident. That
1: guy, that meme. (laughs) Were you scared to move
0: from, like, you wanted no,
1: to? No, not at all. I, like, wanted to leave. I'm a military kid, so that also, like, you have to move. Like, you don't feel at home anywhere other than, like, with change. So I embraced change. I love it. And I wanted to go to the big city. And I loved New York so much. So I was, like, so excited. I had all my shit in one large suitcase and just moved on to campus and loved it. And then you just, like, lived in New York. Yeah, I, like, went to school for two years, and then I uh moved to closer to the city and was, like, working in the city, and it was so much fun.
0: I just can't – I remember when you first told me that you lived in New York for a few years. I was just, like, I can't imagine because you're <laughs> so, like, sweet. Not saying that New Yorkers are not yeah. sweet, but you're just, like – you strike me as more of a L.A. – west coast person
1: that's so funny because I actually like don't feel like I identify with LA at all really I feel yeah I don't feel like I don't feel like LA is like my place where I thrived I I love New York New York definitely taught me to stand up for myself and and like it sped up my life a little bit like because everything's faster louder and more aggressive in New York but I just love how when you're in the streets of New York, you're in the city. L.A. is, yeah. like, separate, and, like, you have to – if you're visiting here, you have to know the cool spots. In New York, like, you can yeah. just go.
0: And everywhere is cool. Every corner, I feel like, is just mm-hmm. incredible and has so much history. Um, but people don't know know about this. I don't know if they do, but you were also in, like, pageants, right?
1: No, I did one pageant. Oh, you did one pageant. I did one pageant before I moved to California, I lived in Arizona, and I was like, my mom always wanted me to do pageants, and I should have done a Wyoming pageant, just because I feel like the competition. You would have won. You would have I, won. that's what my mom says, but I was like, I don't want to be a pageant girl, Um, but before I moved to California, I was like, I'll never, I'll never compete in a California, no way, but I was like, sure, let's, let's give it a try. And my goal was to just pass off as a pageant girl, not win. I knew I wasn't going to (laughs) win. I signed up three weeks before. I did no coaching, which I kind of regret, but whatever. Um, and I like ordered my dress online and it was, it was an interesting experience. It was, I, I, you know, do it if you want to try it, but I, I'm fine never, ever, ever doing one again,
0: (laughs) and then, so you went from New York to Arizona Mm -hmm. to, to LA, to LA, why were you in Arizona?
1: Um, so I was in New York, and New York is really tough to get jobs, and I also was getting out of a pretty tough breakup, so I was like, God, universe, like take me wherever you wanna take me. And so I had applied to like a billion jobs everywhere, production jobs, whatever, on camera jobs, whatever. And I got a call from one like TV show that hadn't even started yet. And they were like, we're looking for like associate producers, are you down? It's in Phoenix, Arizona and starts in like a month and a half. And I was like, heck yes. So I moved to Phoenix for this TV job and it was like, so cool. Cause at the time in New York, like if you, you couldn't live anywhere for $800 a, a month, like in, in rent. When I moved to Arizona, I got a two bedroom, two bath with three pools and a gym for $750. Wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing.
0: That's and unheard I, of.
1: Yeah. And my high school best friend, she just decided to like move out with me. So we just had this like bachelorette pad in Arizona. It was amazing.
0: How long were you in Arizona for?
1: I think two and a half years or something like that. And then you, and how was the TV job? The TV job was fun. It was like TV boot camp, basically like you know, the show wasn't really anything and then they were like, Hey, make it a thing. And so uh we just kinda had to like me and all the producers just kinda had to make up this TV show and it's still on the air now and it's in like three hundred cities or something like that. What is it called?
0: It's called Eat it L- or Eat It.
1: Eat or Eat It. No, that's Jane's show. It's called the List. Um and yeah, it's it's pretty cool that it's still on the air.
0: And then why did you move to L.A.? You're just like, ah, Arizona. I'm done paying cheap rent. I want my yeah. rent to be $3 million. <laughs> I'm ready for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I want a $3 million house. Um, I, I felt like I always wanted, I always was like, okay, there's no jobs in New York. Let's try L.A and the phoenix thing was like the perfect in between i can mm. i saved up money i was working a bartending job being a waitress at a beer bar i was working the tv job and i was auditioning trying to make like a commercial reel for myself all at the same time in arizona so Damn, that i could girl. play and be prepared and have a lot of savings and so that's what i did and so i uh was like uh, um I was applying for a lot of different jobs while not fully moved to California yet, and because my mom's mother was, or my mom's mother, my grandma was um, really ill at the time, so she had actually passed away in between me moving from uh, Arizona to LA, and that was tough, but um, I ended up getting a job because I was pretending like I lived in California. I was using a friend's address, and so I got a job at Game Show Network in their digital, their digital, like, YouTube channel thing that they were doing, and so that's how I ended up in LA. I just, like, packed my stuff up and moved to LA.
0: (laughs) You're so ambitious, and you're, like, 10 steps ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in, like, putting it out in the universe, like, being smartly prepared, like, yeah, this, you can't control everything, like, that's stupid, like, But you can at least prepare for what you want to hope to happen Mm -hmm. and that's like kind of how i've always lived my life is like this is what i'm thinking we'll see if it pans out that way but either way i'm gonna like work towards this thing one step at a time so that if it does happen i'm prepared
0: that's why you're an excellent producer
1: oh thank you
0: yeah i think that's a quality that's like in your dna already but because you know you work in this space it just makes you even better than everyone else because you have that you know
1: yeah and I think I think for me because Monica the writer for Smosh Mm -hmm. her and I talked about it and it's like I think the reason why I'm really good with like unscripted content is because I'm I'm willing to let any possibility happen, Mm. I'm ready to, like, set the foundation, and then I'm willing to see where it goes, Mm -hmm. and then Monica, she's really good at writing scripts and, like, making the next step happen, and then from this line, what's the next line, and and my brain cannot work like that, like, I cannot write a script (laughs) at all.
0: When did you start Smosh, and what was, what was your job at Smosh? I was... I didn't know. I just Just remember you came in, I was like, yay, another Asian woman! Yeah.
1: (laughs) I, uh, so I had, um, work, I was working at Game Show Network, and then I just happened to, like, meet up with an old, like, producer for Smosh, and so him and I started chatting, and then, like, literally the next week I got laid off of my job at Game Show Network, and so I was like, hey, I need freelance gigs. And so I initially started doing like production coordinating, which was basically like just making sure all the details of each shoot were okay, Mm -hmm. whether it be like crafty and snacks or like props or costumes, like just kind of coordinating all the, you know, floating pieces of every shoot and like Mm -hmm. making sure that they're good and ready to go for the shoot. So that's what I did. And I was freelancing that and also freelancing hosting at Clever. Oh yeah,
0: you were a clever host, and then it just seemed yeah. like you just transitioned more into Smosh.
1: Well, the need the need for me at Smosh was was becoming bigger and bigger because you guys were doing seriously super sleepover like pretty often and put in my mouth and like there was like more consistent content that y'all needed help with, and so I just you know became more and more full time.
0: But I still remember you – I remember witnessing you cleaning up, um, like, a spit bucket. And I was, like, damn. I'm, like, I don't even think this is her job. It's not. And I was, like, but she's doing it anyways. And then that was just a consistent thing that I always witnessed from you is that you don't even – you take on more because you feel responsible and you want the end product, the end result to be amazing. And I think that's why, like, I really respected you because I was like, she's doing things that's not even in her job criteria just to make us look better and like for us to feel good.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, no, that's it's all- it's true. I mean, that's like my goal is to always like be a positive person, like to share, you know, my light with everyone. Cause no, it wasn't my job to like clean up Noah's throw up. <laughs> And we had PAs for that to be cleaning up those things, Mm -hmm. but the human side of me was like, I can't do that. Like, I'm just going to go clean it. And you're not lazy either. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like having an Asian mom, right? Like you see how hard they work all the time and, and how hard it's like that work ethic they have it. And so I got that from my mom a thousand percent Yeah, to just work hard and be a good person and we worked really hard and honestly we were
0: we were a delight back at defy but not every day yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah like because a lot of us were so overworked as well so mm-hmm. you know i'm sure i was so
1: unpleasant to be around sometimes Uh, Well, it's like, it's like we all have our, our on and off days and, and like I've told Courtney before, like seeing you and Courtney, like do your thing. Like I had such admiration for you two as like females in comedy and I hate that phrase females in comedy, but like, and especially you being Asian, like, you know, Asians are never really portrayed much even today in videos and media and everything like that. And so I just loved seeing you two like hilarious, crazy, funny people just like killing it. And and that was like my pleasure is like I got to watch you guys in real life and that was like so much fun because I actually like, I think you guys are hilarious and it's really fun. You hear me laughing in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm, none of that's fake. I'm genuinely having fun. And we all had our bad days. I mean... There's been – there were times in shoots where I was, like, crying to you guys about how hard it was, and, like, we were kind of, like, all in this together, but there are also days that were, like, really, really fucking cool.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't – they see this version of us on YouTube, and this is something that I'm sure everyone hears all the time, but, um, yeah, we're, like, our funny, goofy selves, but then sometimes when the cameras aren't rolling, we're just – I'm like dead inside sometimes.
1: <laughs> no, we all have that. We all have like the the kind of like um what do you call it? Like the screensaver mode where you're just like no.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I remember we would be like shooting and it'd be like really funny in the moment and then once it's lunch, no one's talking to like and then we would get like we would bicker sometimes. Yeah and um just say like snarky things to each other. <laughs> because we were just so fucking tired of each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're spending a lot of time together, too.
0: Yeah, but I, you never did that, like, you were, you were always very calm, you made sure everyone was very happy, you're very good at that.
1: Thank you, I, I try, I try really hard to, like, make everyone happy, because for me, I think I, I, for me, I just feel incredibly grateful all the time, like, with little things and small, like, it's crazy that this is our jobs and that we're making YouTube videos. Like, you know, we're making mystery smoothies and that's our nine to five is. So for me, it's like, uh, no matter how annoying it is or how bad it gets. And like, of course there are actual real issues with some jobs and, and, you know, defy as a whole, but I always felt like incredibly grateful that I was, in this type of position and i want to like share that gratefulness
0: and you are very confident and secure with who you are because there's so many instances where you know sometimes people might back down but you never did and you represented yourself so well and you represented us as talent so well Mm -hmm. and that's something that i just highly commend you for because i'm I'm scared of situations and confrontations and I'm just so awkward, but I just feel like maybe that's the New York in you or your mom in you or your grandmother in you. (laughs) But I remember we'd have conversations and you're just, and I would just be like, wow, I'm so proud and lucky that I have you on our side because I feel like I can trust you. Yeah. And I think no matter where you are, whether you're working on a YouTube, you know, channel, or you're working another job at CBS, I don't know, but there's always ego dynamics. And there's always, you know, people who, you know, feel more insecure and yeah. all of that. It's, it's just normal, normal work stuff. But um, you always had my back and I always felt like I could trust you. And I don't, and i think working in a in an environment like a corporate environment you start to become you know more aware of that not everyone's honest and yeah. a lot of people are there to just fend for themselves yeah. and that's a lesson that i learned working in a, you know in an office but yeah. i just felt like you were someone that i can talk to and share my feelings with and i just felt safe with you and i still feel that way about you
1: Yeah, I, I, that's, like, so nice. Like, that's so nice coming from you. I, I have a really big, like, empathetic heart. Like, I can put myself in other people's shoes 100%. And I think that's, that's maybe why you feel that is because I if you tell me how you're feeling, I completely understand that. And I don't question it. I'm like, yes, that I believe that that's how you feel. And even if I do, I'm like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Like, I'm always a person that's open and willing to have like an honest emotional conversation. And like, you guys have it tough too. like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like, yeah, we're doing YouTube, and we're not like saving people's lives. But it is hard to be on camera. It's hard to be like this kind of public figure, but I do think that you have that strong, like that strength inside of you that like you, when you have something you want to say, when you have a message you want to, you want to portray out there, you do it. And I, and I love seeing like, you know, whenever you speak about injustice or racism, like I'm always preach. I'm always cheering you in the background because Aww, thank you. It, it, it's important and like, you're not you're not afraid to have those conversations, and I love that.
0: Thanks. I really appreciate that. But yeah, I just, I just think it's, um, you work in a very male, you know, driven, there's a lot of males in where we work, you know, and I just think that you standing as just a really proud Asian American woman is fantastic to see, and it's representation that we don't see, and then I hope that people know about you and like the strength that you portray and convey and that strength that you like spread because I would have like you know me Courtney would cry and Keith and but you're there to just calm us down and like you're so good at what you do but it's also because you're just a good person.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. That, that really does mean a lot. And, and I will say like Defy had its great moments and Defy obviously had its very, very shitty moments, but like this, like, I'm not speaking for the company, like this is not, but like I'm, I'm proud of like what we've been able to do at Smosh this last year. And, and it's been exciting because we're more diverse than ever. Like it used, it defy kind of used to be like a, a sausage fest, but like this new iteration, like we're more diverse and and we're more open and we're mm-hmm. communicative. So, it that means a lot coming from you. I I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and because you work so much, does Claudio ever feel like neglected?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I feel, I feel like I include him on a lot too, but he's just like, a, he's just a great supportive husband, and so he, he likes everyone that I work with, and he, even before we started this podcast, he was like, if Sam's around, let me know, because I want to say hi to him. Oh, like, Sam he, he's loves Claudio. All, all my friends, and like, Claudio's so easy to like, like, I just
0: bring He's so, is, is every Italian like that? Or is Claudio just, like, just, like, so easy and fun? It's, like, he's always down for a good time.
1: He's always down for a good time. I feel like
0: Europeans are like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that might be true, because, like, I'm thinking of all his friends and family, and they're so easy to get along with, and they're so fun and funny, and, like, they're all so nice to me, even if we don't speak the same language. So maybe it's, maybe it is just an Italian thing.
0: I love that, like, one day, I mean, your little kitty cats are your babies, but you kind of have a mixed family, and I love that. And your <laughs> kids are going to be hapless, too.
1: Yeah, they're going to be, like, quarter quarter, uh, Korean, quarter Norwegian, and half Italian. That's, That's
0: it. And you're going to, aren't you going to retire in Italy?
1: Yes, I'm going to buy a farmhouse in Italy. I
0: <laughs> love that. I love that you're doing that, because I remember you told me, and I'm like, wait, I want to <laughs> retire in Italy.
1: Yeah, I just need to figure out how to like make kimchi, like because like no Korean food in Italy, so I just there's need no to Korean out. food in Italy. I don't think so. There's like not a lot. I think I've ever only ever seen one Chinese restaurant there. So I just need to figure out how to make Korean food because I can't survive without it.
0: <laughs> I know. I made Korean food last night. I made tofu soup. It
1: looked so good. How was it?
0: I just like didn't. I I had tofu. That was like expired, kind of, but I still ate it because it didn't smell sour or gross. Like I tasted it, it was fine. It was it expired a couple days ago and I still used it. And then I got some kimchi and then I had some like Chinese eggplants in my fridge. So then like oh I kind of I braised that first and then I put in the soup and then I put some ramen in there and then I put like kimchi dumplings that I got from H Mart.
1: Oh.
0: so good. And then I, um. But then I also ended up ordering um, a, a seafood pancake because <laughs> I wanted to have an uh, – because I, I usually eat Korean food like two or three times a week. That's how much I – I'm not even Korean. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I love Korean food. And we'd always talk about it too. Um, I just love it so much. The so last night I gave myself a uh, a Korean feast. Oh, oh and I yeah. also had steamed egg. Yes. Oh, I
1: love steamed egg. Love steamed egg. Have
0: you ever tried making
1: like – a Korean Italian dish? Claudia talked about that the other day. Um, not really, because, like, we don't, I don't know what to make, I don't know what to, like, combine. Like, kimchi. Kimchi with what, though, like?
0: Pasta. Tomato sauce and
1: pasta. Oh my god, that sounds horrible.
0: So <laughs> but, much sodium.
1: Yeah, it just sounds, like, so intense. Yeah, I don't know how to mix I don't know how to mix the two, but Claudio does call the dakboki, the rice cake, he calls that Korean gnocchi. It so really is. It's very similar in texture, but one's potato and one's rice.
0: Oh, now I'm just getting so hungry. I just, my ideal meal is to have Korean sun tofu and some pasta.
1: That's not bad at all. I love like glass noodles and Korean soup though. Oh my God. What about glass noodles and tomato sauce? That'd be so weird, still, we could try it, but I don't know. I don't know about it and uh, oh, and I just ordered
0: yeast too, so oh good,
1: you found yeast. <laughs> I mean, I'm not
0: sure. I put it in my like my basket, so hopefully it's not sold out. Okay. but I'm gonna use the recipe that Claudio sent me,
1: dude, Claudio spent like a couple hours translating an Italian recipe for you so you could make <laughs>
0: that's so nice that is he, so nice
1: he was like I can't find any like American like English recipes that are the like the one I did because he made the focaccia bread and it was so freaking good so he translated that
0: that's recipe. so nice I'm gonna <laughs> do it I'm gonna do it because I mean I really don't have anything else to do so might as well just do thank you Claudio
1: <laughs>
0: what's Claudio making
1: tonight I don't know what we're going to make tonight. Last night he made burgers. He made he made like homemade buns, which were like so cute and came out. Homemade so- buns? Yeah, he made homemade buns out of like this recipe he found. I don't know. He He's into making bread. So he made these like cute little buns and then he made like a little burger and it was like delicious. You Have you ever
0: tried putting cheese inside a burger?
1: Yes, I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, like inside the patty.
1: Oh, inside of it? Oh, yeah. I did
0: that years ago. Maybe we should do that tonight. Can you imagine just, like, putting, like, a mozzarella in the middle of the meat, and then you cut it, and it just oozes
1: out? We found grilling cheese, and that shit is bomb.
0: Where did, what's grilling cheese is that like it, a halloumi or something it was
1: yeah I don't know what kind of cheese but it was like in a little block like this it literally says grilling cheese and I put it on like a fry pan with a little bit of oil and it like burns a little bit on the outside and gets crispy and then the inside's like gooey and delicious so I'm gonna make shakshuka and put that grilled cheese on it oh my
0: god damn girl because mm-hmm. you made wow. you
1: shakshuka last week and I was like I, need I made an Italian
0: shakshuka because I didn't have like all the other ingredients I had tomato sauce and um just only Italian ingredients
1: <laughs> I think that's probably what I'm gonna do too and then put egg and bacon
0: well Sarah thanks for uh hanging out and talking to me
1: thank you so much for having me this was like so nice and sweet you're so you're always just so nice No,
0: thank you for being open and, like, willing to share your experiences and talk about your family.
1: Thank you. I cried my blush off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And your makeup is always on point. I don't understand. Like, I I put on makeup today because I knew I was going to be talking to the makeup queen herself. So I was like, okay, I'm going to at least put on some blush.
1: No, you're good at makeup. You're really good at makeup.
0: No, you're, like, you're, like, bold with makeup, and you, like, try different colors. And, oh, my God, we didn't even talk about this, but, like, you also worked for a makeup company.
1: I did. I did. (laughs) I've done
0: everything. And then you also worked for an e-network, and then you came back to Smosh. Do you remember that? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that was all in, like, a year.
0: (laughs) Do people know that?
1: I think people do know that. I think they do. I don't know. If they follow me, they do. Maybe. This is, like,
0: you, you always came back to us.
1: Yes, yes. Because you guys wanted me back and and i yeah, because and, no one can
0: do a job like you can you're like
1: Aww.
0: you're you're an incredible producer and you're
1: just really really awesome and all the shows that you create are so much fun thank you well you know i i really couldn't make these like fun shows and have as much fun without you and the rest of the cast like we just you know we just shot a video last week and like i wanted you in that video and you freaking nailed it, and was, it was so funny, and so fun, and, like, I, I just, like, left that, that shoot, we did over Zoom, but, like, I left that shoot, and I was, like, dude, Olivia fucking nailed it, like, Olivia, like, the best, and she's so funny, and I never, I never know where you're going, and I never know where you're coming from. I never know either. When you make jokes, like, when you make jokes, I know what you've been watching, and I know what internet you've seen, because I'm, like, I saw the same thing, I just never thought of going there, and you You always bring it, and that's what I love about you. Uh, You know,
0: this is, like, another random last thing is that, so the shoot that we did, right? And then I watched SNL that night. Remember they did the live show? Mm
1: -hmm. And I was
0: like, oh, my God. If they did that, like, it would have been, it it was such a, it has to, this video has to come out first for me to, like, explain to you. But what you thought of is so genius. Like,
1: I I can't. it was kind of an idea that we've been talking about for, like, a year and a half, and then I was like, wait a minute, during this quarantine time is the perfect time it's to do it. It's
0: so perfect, like, in every, we can do it being ourselves, we can do it being characters, like, you're just a genius for thinking of that format <laughs> and, like, parodying it. You guys don't know yet what we're talking about, but this video is so funny, and it, it's such a good fucking idea, dude.
1: It's, it's so funny. And and it's, it wasn't just my idea. It was an idea. I don't, I don't know who said it like a year ago and we were like, I don't know if we can ever do it. I don't know. And then I think a couple weeks ago, I was like, let's just freaking do it over zoom. Like, let's just do it and it's try perfect. it. It's how perfect. it goes. Yeah. yeah. But like it, you, we, I, I love you in that video. You're so freaking funny. You like put in the work, you put in the work and you bring it every time. And like, that is what I admire about you.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate it. That's like really nice because I'm a lazy piece of shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you're not lazy when it has to, like, at least you commit in the moment. Maybe you're Dude, lazy. Dude, this is yeah. how I
0: am. Like, I'm lazy and then I'm like, wait, okay. When I have to take shit seriously, I'm not lazy at all.
1: Exactly. It's like your makeup. It's like when you do makeup and outfits because most of the time you look like this and, and no eyebrows. No then, fucking eyebrows. But when you have a red carpet, you fucking turn up like you're JLo.
0: Dude, and I, that's you know that's that's just that's me man lazy 99 percent of the time except for that one percent I go yeah. hard.
1: exactly I'll take that I will take that
0: <laughs> thanks Sarah you're the freaking best
1: you're the best wait can we
0: have Claudio on next time like I want to talk to him I want him to like I just miss him
1: yeah we can do it we can do a double date um podcast with
0: you on your podcast. oh my god yeah Guys, go check out um, Sarah's podcast with Claudio. Oh, oh yeah,
1: it's called Stuck Together because we're mm. stuck together. In but y'all also
0: married, so yep. also it's just stuck together. Yep. <laughs> uh, I would love I, me and Sam would love to do your guys' podcast. Um, yeah, oh
1: my god, that'd be please, so much fun. Can I? We should totally do it. Okay, okay, please. Okay, I have nothing to do please okay Okay. our our big finale because i don't think i can keep doing it every day
0: (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot
1: yeah Yeah.
0: okay i love you sarah i love you Bye bye bye
1: bye